episode number 96. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. So first, I'd like to wish Jen from Montana, congratulations on being the winner of last month's giveaway for a free deck of consideration cards. I am thrilled to have shipped them out to Jen right away. I don't think I've ever met anybody from Montana, and I'm really happy that there are people in that state who are practicing to get unstuck. I will be gifting away another deck at the end of this month. If you would like to enter, all you need to do is leave me an iTunes review. I will post the link on exactly how to do that in the show notes. Secondly, if you are a regular listener, you will know that I created an online group program called the Getting Unstuck and Living Deliberately Journey. This is a program where the participants are focusing on one word a month and they practice to live out that word and notice where that word may be lacking in their lives and where it may be possible to bring more of that word into their lives. So for example, in the first month, we journeyed into stillness and there were amazing revelations that came from that practice. And last month in February, we journeyed through the word of love. And I think one of the most poignant revelations that came from focusing on being loving for an entire month was that what came up was the understanding that to be loving really means that you need to love yourself first. And while many of the participants had the expectation of practicing to be loving or to be more loving with other people in their world, they actually realized that the work they had to do first was loving themselves, which is sometimes, for many people, something totally foreign, right? Like, what does it mean to love yourself? This month, March, we are going to be journeying into the word of order. And I already have a story for you about order that I'll share with you next week. And I'm also going to share a bit more about the journey program and what it looks like in next week's episode. So please be sure to stay tuned. What I will tell you now is that I will be opening the doors to the journey at the end of this month, March 2019. I am looking for about four people who would like to join this fantastic group of authentic human beings who are all interested and committed to their own self-growth and development. What you would receive from this group is weekly group sessions that take place on Sundays. And in those sessions are either a monthly teaching from me on the theme or group coaching calls where participants email me ahead of time, something or some place where they may be struggling in their life. 
and I offer to coach that person live. We also have a closed and private Facebook group, which is very active, and the group participants engage with each other on a pretty much daily basis. It's really, really awesome. On our call yesterday, I mentioned to the participants that I will be sharing the news on my podcast and in the Getting Unstuck Facebook group that I will be opening the doors for a few more spots. And I requested that they share with me a sentence or two that I could then share with you so that you're hearing their words and that you're not hearing just mine. So I received two testimonials this morning. I'm going to share one of them with you right now. As one who is not normally inclined to join groups of any kind, the surprise for me has been how nourishing and nurturing the journey has been. These are people who have become valuable to me because of their love and genuine support. The spirit of the journey is exactly as its name suggests. You don't know where it will take you, but the process itself has been worth the while. So I'll share more with you next week, but if you are interested to join for when the doors open at the end of this month, definitely email me as soon as possible. Okay, so let's move on to today's story. So I believe I may have mentioned on this podcast recently that I've been feeling off. I know for sure I did a live video on my Facebook page, and then I shared it into the Getting Unstuck Facebook group. I think I shared it here on the podcast as well, but I don't know for sure. So just in case I didn't, let me tell you what I was feeling. For me, feeling off is, it's actually one of the implications of winter. I don't know if the weather affects you at all, but it really affects me. And so when winter approaches, even though I know the winter in Israel is very mild, but still, when the winter approaches, I can almost guarantee that I'm going to just feel off. Now, what does that look like for me? Well, it looks like maybe exercising less, eating more, feeling more stressed, maybe being less social, having less patience for my husband and my kids, being anxious, all of that stuff. It's basically being like the complete opposite of the person who I really am. (laughs) And that person is someone who is calm and orderly and joyful and mindful and friendly and patient. And when I get off, as I just described, I really don't know how to get myself back on. The truth is I've experienced this so many times already in the past that I've just accepted it as a part of who I am. Like instead of fighting it and being upset about it and complaining about it, I've learned to just say, this is who you are, Shira. You get off in the winter. Spring is around the corner. Just hang on for a little bit more. Something like that. But what kind of way is that to live? You know, like waiting, waiting for the weather to change, waiting to feel better. That's not how I want to live. And that's not what I teach about getting unstuck. 
With the practice of getting unstuck, we don't wait for someone else to change in order for us to feel better. We take responsibility for our own thoughts and our own emotions and our own actions. And so I had a coaching session with my coach just a few weeks ago. I know I've said it before, and I know I'll say it again on this podcast. I am a big believer in having a coach in your life. I truly believe everyone needs a coach. Someone that you can turn to when you are struggling, someone who knows you, someone who knows how to hold your space, someone who can challenge you, someone who can be honest with you in a gentle way, and in a way that maybe others close to you can't be, as people who are close to you may have fear of hurting your feelings or something like that. Anyway, so I met with my coach and shared my feelings of feeling off. And another reason, by the way, that having a coach is amazing is that they will help you see things that you may not be able to see for yourself. They can act as a mirror to help you see how you've been showing up in your life. And from that place of self-awareness, you can then begin to make changes. And so when I met with my coach, she took me through a stop and I had to tell, I had to share my feelings and uncover my thoughts of what was going on. Now I'm saying this to you very calmly, but when I was sharing with her how I was feeling, I was crying and I was going on and on and on. And even though we set a timer for how long I was going to share at different intervals, I felt like a running faucet. I just wanted to share more and more and more. But my coach gently stopped me. And so I got stuck when I couldn't come up with any considerations of my own. What could I consider to help me get back on track? There was nothing to do, at least in my mind, because the rain won't stop coming down. And what my coach had me consider was grounding myself. She offered me a metaphor. From her perspective, she said, it looked as if I was a, a kite flying in the air without anyone holding on to the string at the other end. And she hit the nail on the head and I was able to hear her. That is a great metaphor for me. I absolutely have a tendency to be like that. My mind can get very busy with thoughts, thinking, initiating new ideas, creating new projects, just staying busy in general. That's my nature. I know that I can be like that. And I also know that being like that is not a way that serves me well. And if you happen to be an anxious person and you're being honest with yourself, that may resonate with you. That being like that doesn't serve you well. It doesn't bring out the best in you. Now, I've never been diagnosed with anxiety disorder, and I've never been on medication for that. In fact, I've never been on medication for anything. And yet, there I was, feeling anxious, looking like a kite got caught up in the wind, and it was flying to the stars, and 
I had no idea how to ground myself. Now, by the way, in case you don't know, I'm a yoga teacher. (laughs) Important little detail there. Okay, so literally through tears, I must have looked quite pathetic because I asked my coach, how do I get grounded? (laughs) So my coach listed off a whole host of things that I could do, all of which, of course, I was already familiar with. I just wasn't doing them. And one of them was my morning meditation practice. You see, when winter approaches and it gets cold, I find it more difficult to implement my morning ritual practice, which includes yoga, meditation, and breathing exercises, and prayer, because, well, basically, because it's hard to get out of bed in the morning in the winter for me. And I'm going to share more about that story specifically next week. But when my coach suggested that about getting grounded, what I noticed quite clearly in that moment was that the grounding practice that I used to have in my life has way more of an impact on me than I realized I'll never forget when I was studying for my master's degree in occupational therapy, and I signed up to take a yoga class at the university. I did it on a whim. I was just curious about it. I had heard about yoga, and I had time. And so I signed up for it knowing really like nothing about it. When I walked out of that yoga class for the first time, I felt like jelly, And I felt like I was destined to become a yoga teacher so that I could bring whatever it was that I received in that class. And I didn't even know what I received. I just know I got something out of it. I wanted to give that to others. Basically, what I realized was that I never realized in the past how much stress and anxiety I hold in my body and how much that affects me unconsciously. And from that moment on, for the next four years or so, at least until I got pregnant for the first time, yoga became a daily part of my life. I didn't only take classes once a week at the university. I started implementing everything my teacher taught me, the breathing exercises, the poses, the meditations, every day of my life. I would wake up and create time in my morning to make sure I would do the yoga before I left for class. I would find myself doing yoga multiple times in the middle of the day at the university. And of course, I would do yoga before going to sleep. For me, yoga became like a medication for me. It calmed me, it helped me focus, it grounded me, and I felt happy. I recently went on a retreat, which I shared in episodes 88 and 89, and the teacher, Ellie Tom, kept saying, meditation is your medication, meditation is your medication, meditation is your medication. I'm not sure I really got what he was saying until I met with my coach. Now, I am not a medical doctor, I am not a psychiatrist, and this episode is definitely not advocating or opposing medication. 
All I'm saying is that for me, meditation is like my medication. And when I'm not doing my meditation, I feel off. It's just as simple as that. And so when my coach offered that consideration to me, I not only considered it, I like swallowed it. I was like, yes, of course. I haven't been on my yoga mat for months. I haven't woken up early and created a morning ritual practice in a long time. Of course I'm feeling off. I have nothing grounding myself. Okay, so it's only been a few weeks since I met with my coach, but I can tell you that it feels like my life has turned upside down. I am taking my quote-unquote medication each day by waking up early, and early means around five o'clock, sometimes earlier, to create a morning spiritual practice. I roll out my yoga mat, I light a candle, I heat up the room where I practice, I put on some gentle music, I have my prayer book by my side, and I am all set to do my meditations and visualizations and yoga and chanting and all of it. And I love it. This, by the way, what I just mentioned, is what we do on the retreats that I lead, which I took a break from leading, and I just want to slip in here for a second that I am realizing now how much I am missing leading those retreats and how passionate I was about leading them and how much I want to bring them back into my work. So definitely stay tuned because it is in my intention to start bringing those retreats back, hopefully already this year in 2019. Anyway, so getting grounded again, I kind of felt stupid after meeting with my coach, to be honest, because here I am, a yoga instructor, and I know how important having a consistent grounding spiritual routine is for me and for others, and yet I wasn't doing it. And not only was I not doing it, I didn't even know where to turn to find it. That's how off I felt. But now I'm unstuck from that, and I'm grounded, and I'm feeling amazing. So I'd like to turn this now to you for a moment and challenge you to consider meditation is your medication. Again, I am not saying this from a medical perspective, and I'm not suggesting meditation should replace any medication you may be taking. But what I am challenging you today with is to consider the power of meditation And if you are totally unfamiliar with meditation, if you've never meditated in your life, if you have no experience with meditation whatsoever, I challenge you to consider checking it out, either by signing up for a class, finding a teacher, looking it up on YouTube, or maybe trying out a meditation app like Calm. And if you do check it out, I challenge you to be consistent with it whatever that practice may be, whether you try it out just a few minutes every morning or you take an hour out of your day to practice, it doesn't matter. What matters most is that you begin and you notice the effects it may have on you and if it can support you in your practice of getting unstuck as it did in mine. 
I would love to hear from you if you do consider this. So the main focus of the work I do with Getting Unstuck is to guide and support people with being able to get unstuck on their own, what I call self-coaching. But sometimes self-coaching isn't easy, and sometimes you need the support of a coach. And even if you are a coach, just like I am, I still believe you need a coach because you can't always see what's right in front of you. What I would like to offer on this podcast in the coming year is a sample of what a coaching session looks like. If you would like to volunteer to get coached by me and then permit me to share that coaching session on this podcast so that others can get a sense of what a coaching session is all about, I would love to set up a time to make that happen. So please email me. Okay, my dear friends, so don't forget the doors to the Journey program are now open. If you are interested to learn more or you know already that you'd like to sign up, please email me as soon as possible, shira at shiragura.com. Next week, I will be sharing a bit more about the journey and also about the emotion of fear. It will speak to all of you. You won't want to miss it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.shiragura.com.